0: of the Capiche film cast. Stephen Barry here, joined by Francis Murphy. Yo, yo, yo. We are here for another episode of the Captain's Log Project, Star Trek Into Darkness. One of your favourites, isn't it, Fran?
1: Yeah, I absolutely love this film. Um, I wasn't hurt by it. Um, I wasn't enraged. And I certainly wasn't bored.
0: Hmm. And we're not being sarcastic whatsoever. No. Right, okay, that's fine. Alright, let's go in to watch the film then. Yeah? Yeah, set it up then. Right. Bye. <laughs> uh, no, uh, this is obviously a film that, you know, I think when it first came out, you actually did like it.
1: Listen. No, 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 no. I'm sure you did. No, no way. No, from the moment I saw it in the cinema, I hated it. I'm sure um, there okay, is a yeah. film that I liked and then hated. I'm sure, like, or I've liked and I've changed my... There's a few, actually. I mean, this is It's probably another one. I think it might be something like um i mean my opinion of the force awakens and the last jedi went like f- has fluctuated wild- wildly over the years so maybe it could be one of them that i've like over time yeah um... so this
0: film you, you apparently didn't like it from the start um we've spoke about it before this film treats the The legacy, sort of the sort of historical legacy of the the sort of can character, it brings it back for this film. It's not really well. In fact, that's probably a spoiler because the film treats that whole thing as a big reveal, doesn't it? God, maybe maybe shouldn't have mentioned that. Like, it's this
1: like this is the stupidest. This is one of the stupidest films I've ever seen. Like, and I have to really say that now. How do I justify that? Well, can we'll we'll go. God, we'll get into it after the film. I think we'll. let They willfully made decisions that were st- that they, they they. It's almost like see if you um walked off of a cliff and broke both your legs and arms and all the bones in your body and then you got into a hospital and someone was like, why did you do that? You would know what was going to happen. You must have realised you were going to get hurt, and you were or you were you were going. But why did that happen? And they're like, because you, fu- you fucking walked off a cliff, mate. Okay. I guess it's a bit like that with the people who made this film in the sense that that it's so obvious. To, do you know what I mean? Like, And people were saying to them while the film was being made, like these news was coming out and things were, and people were begging them and saying, please don't do this. Why are you doing this? Are you crazy, you know? And they did it anyway. So actually, it's even worse than a guy complaining about being injured walking off a cliff. All of his friends and family were trying to stop him on the way, and he just pushed past them and ran off.
0: Well, uh, that's got to be one of your best analogies uh, in a while, I would say, at least today. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: what you mean all of the conversations we had earlier were rubbish uh, yes exactly that's it.
0: everything you've said yeah, okay. thanks for coming on my podcast by the way, oh, you're, you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> all right okay let's let's set this film up this is a film that obviously was released in 2011 was that right 2012 I think it was, it was 2009. their the reboot. I think it was 20. And I think I'm sure it was 2012 or 2013. Actually, because I, yeah, I, I think I'd it... started going to Cineworld at that point. I had my card at that
1: point. I think it was 20. It may well have been 2013. Um, because I watched it down in Norwich, and that's where I was at the time. I'm pretty sure it was then. Like, yeah. So it was a bit of a gap between that and Star Trek 2009. Four years is quite a long time. Um, and. I think even then, there was rumblings maybe that something wasn't quite right with this new new reboot universe. I think
0: think uh, J.J. Abrams probably only produced this film? I'm guessing maybe the purchase of Star Wars might have maybe had uh-huh. been, uh, sort of delayed it, maybe because they thought maybe he'd... I assume... We probably should have done our research. Was he meant to have directed this film? And then obviously maybe he was suddenly in line for the direction Uh Uh, for the Fifteen release for um, (laughs) Force Awakens. I can only conjecture a bit, but that's maybe what caused the delay. I don't know. I think he was
1: also there was some other project he was working on at the time um, as well I think that was cutting into it. It's good that we've obviously looked into this. The thing is though, I mean these these are interesting facts, but Is it facts? Well, they would be if we knew they were, but yeah. but this is, this stuff is all interesting if you know what I mean. But like the real meat and potatoes of this thing is is going to be what we we're watching anyway. Do you know what I mean? Which is why we've never re- I mean we've never really been stuck on like how many like meters of film they used or whatever, no, no. Or, you know what I mean.
0: It's been kind of broad strokes, kind of commentary, a little.
1: Yeah, but like it's so interesting actually with Star Trek two thousand and nine and Into Darkness because each of them sort of were almost. The first kind of modern films to face some of the things that we now see a lot of in the news or in the media, like fan pushback and um, like the recasting of Can was uh, w- one of the kind of more prominent examples of what they call whitewashing, where they took a, per- a, per- a person of color character and changed it into a white person, do you know, the whitest man in the world, uh, Cumberbatch, do you know what I mean? Um, so in a lot of ways, I almost feel like the reboot Star Trek universe was like, a testing ground where these mistakes were made in a quite famous, widely shared way for kind of the like the first times and in, in, in our current era. If that make does that make
0: sense? Uh, I would say the, what you mean the social media. Backlash against things I had kind of woke.
1: Well, well not, maybe not woke. It
0: wasn't really the woke at that point, wasn't it? Well, that's that era.
1: It, it was starting, I think, 2014 15 was when that really kind yeah. of started to escape from Tumblr onto the rest right. of the internet. Yep. But um, the thing is, what's really interesting about this is that all the fans agreed that Cannes shouldn't have been whitewashed.
0: So I, I, I'm trying to remember about the sort of the furor around that. I don't quite remember it, but I wasn't as tuned in to. Mm-hmm forums and fan kind of opinion really at that point there was a casual cinema goer, i suppose at the time so i didn't really know i just know that cumberbatch uh, at that particular time was very in vogue as your villain he Mm -hmm. was cast all over the place he was in obviously the hobbit sequel Mm -hmm. as well around that time yeah um and you know he was just he was the sort of you of course you cast him um Marvel probably it was a few couple of years later again they used him for Doctor Strange he was the uh, was the hero but yeah every franchise was trying to get him in there somewhere mm-hmm. um so and the thing is you you can see if you weren't thinking of the race the side of it you can maybe see why he he makes a good villain he's got a mystery to him you could have seen maybe what they were thinking but it doesn't it doesn't work <laughs> in the end doesn't
1: it i can, can was a seat yeah true and he was from um i think it was i think i think the character is supposed to be from like india or something like that somewhere around there and he was played by a, a um actually there's a new word for this latin x you're supposed to say that now instead of hispanic or latino or whatever okay. so latin x because oh. apparently the gender nature of um of uh, spanish and languages and, and other languages, South American languages, is sexist. Okay, so we're going to change their language now for them. Apparently, so he was played by a Latin X guy, uh, Ricardo Mont, and I can never get a second name right, Montalban or Montauban or whatever. Right, great actor, fantastic. Right now, you could say that some um, Latin X people do look maybe they could look they could play characters from maybe the Middle East. There's a certain similarity in how they look sometimes, especially the further south you go. So I thought that was an acceptable casting. He's a great actor. He was plausible as a Sikh, you know, I I, I think. Do you know what I mean? Um, but maybe he it, it wasn't a traditional Sikh character because he didn't have a beard and everything, but, I mean, that was all explained in the lore, that, that this was Khan's background. But I, I would have cast someone like... Um, Right, help me with the name. Um, who was it that they played? DJ Del Toro. What's his first name?
0: Benicio Del Toro.
1: Yeah, he would have made a fantastic
0: can. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, maybe. Right. Maybe. He 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 can turn his hand to a lot of things, and he's surprised sometimes. You know, I can't see it, but maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Or um. Uh, maybe actually
0: you know what maybe you're right actually after watching the Sicario films maybe I can imagine in a villain kind of role. A
1: brooding sort of like yeah. maybe slowing his voice then a bit um, and actually who's the guy that played flipping Z- Mask of Zorro uh,
0: you're talking about Antonio, Antonio Banderas
1: now if you could de-age him just a wee bit he would make a fantastic can as well he's the perfect actor perfect accent perfect everything right because can's accent the original can that's a- isn't
0: the whole point of rebooting something though um you're doing it completely differently. I mean, they, that's their vision of this character. Well, right? fine. Well, let's reboot World War Two and cast Hitler as a—I don't know—a Mexican. <laughs> but that—that that you, you don't reboot a historical event. I know, but the thing
1: is, in universe lore, like they're using the same characters. This is the problem. I mean, okay, it? let's let's talk about the the changing of a universe, Steve. Right. See if we went back in time, right? Let's say I went back in time, and uh, killed myself, right, and then I vanished, right. And your life changed because I wasn't around, right? Would you suddenly change race? (laughs) It wouldn't happen, would it? It's Kurt Black.
0: No, I mean, like. I get it, I get it, I get it. It's more, yeah, I I see what you're saying. Some things would change, but not race. There are certain things that will never change. Plus, can. I think I'm going to use this for the actual main podcast. This feels more like really in depth, like not preamble. I know,
1: but but there's almost nothing we can
0: preamble about this because I'm so, like, I just don't want
1: to do it, but we have to. I'm thinking more about the pizza. But here's the thing, right? Can, see Can, right? Can was frozen in in, uh, cryogenic storage on a spaceship in the year, whatever, like 2000 and something. Like, not far from where we are now, right? And sent out into space and discovered by Kirk and company later on and unfrozen, right? So, Can couldn't have changed. (laughs) Like, what the film is asking us to believe is that somehow... While in his pod that was sent away from Earth before the timeline was changed, Can magically changed from a Sikh to a white guy. And not just a white guy, a British guy with a British accent. British accent. How? Do you remember Can from Star Trek 2? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, Kirk, my old friend, blah, 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 blah. Was he Was he saying, would anyone like a cup of tea? Blah, blah, blah. blah. No. Was he wearing a dinner jacket? You know? Help me out, Steve. No, oh, okay, it's... But in the cinema, yeah. people laughed. People laughed at the wrong bits. Maybe we were talking about this with... Um, what was it we were saying that for? The fil- um, It was the last Bond one, wasn't it? Where oh,
0: pe- Diamonds Are Forever. People were
1: laughing when they shouldn't be... We were laughing when well, shouldn't we shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah,
0: because the film was so bad that we found bits that were not... Probably meant to be as funny. We found them funny because uh-huh. they were shot quite weirdly. And then the bits that were <laughs> the obvious one-liners were just, yeah. like, sighing.
1: But we enjoyed the film anyway. But this is a film that's like that, well, except you don't... enjoyed it. Well we won't enjoy this. I, I want to get a little bell and ring it whenever something happens that doesn't make sense and we'll count how many times, oh, right?
0: Jesus. I mean, you know what? I'm setting myself up here for an action film with lots of lens flare. and God help us. A cast of people who, in other things, I genuinely like them. Zachary Quinto, Chris Pine. Who else? Who's McCoy? Carl Urban. Carl Urban, of course.
1: Anton Yelchin, John Cho...
0: Yeah, like, this is a decent cast, and they're back. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that, you know? Fuck the lens flare, though.
1: I know, but, like, like trust me, we will see what you think at the end of watching this, right? I'm actually, I'm looking forward to this simply to see what you think, right? I, I, it's almost, like, there's almost an element of masochism here. I'm punishing myself watching this. Like, but I'm, like, I, I would never, ever...
0: Who directed this film? Do you not remember?
1: oh Um... Uh, Oh god, I, I want to say Roberto Arki, but I don't know if they were just. I think it might have been Roberto
0: Arki. Maybe we should fact check right. this. Let's let's fact check. I feel like we should know some stuff. Right, do you want to do a little jingle for fact check? Fact check, fact check. Here comes friend with the fact check.
1: Okay, <laughs> right. Uh, well, you're gonna have to cut this bit because I'm being a
0: bit slow. <laughs> Maybe well they were Bond is dated here. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Bond. Racism. Racism. Sexism. Yeah. Bond's dated. Bond's dated. Racist sexist. He don't care. Bond's yeah. dated. Bond's dated. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't take no for an answer.
0: Oh god. No, he doesn't? I know.
1: Right, Star Trek into darkness. Slap her ass. He don't care. <laughs> god.
0: Man talk. He don't care. Oh, oh no. J.J. Abrams directed this. Whoa, okay, so we need to... Um, Are we sure about this? That makes sense. Oh, no, we can blame Abrams for it. Great. Right, okay, well, fine, fine. But... Right, name some... Is, is there any else you know from the soundtrack and things actually,
1: like that? Actually, hang on a minute. I I, I, I can't believe... It. This is a Mandela effect happening here. Do you know what about the Mandela effect online? Where things change? On like, And you're convinced it wasn't. I am convinced that that's changed. I don't think he did
0: actually right? like I can't believe that. But I, I, to... I always thought it was Abe, JJ and it was only Justin Lin, uh Who was it? Did the... Justin Lin did Justin the, Lind Beyond. the third one. That's what right. my
1: okay. recollection but, of it was. But I think, um, I'm going to me... have to cut a lot of this. Let me just check. All so... the bits
0: where we talk about JJ not doing this film and stuff.
1: No, but it, I think Star Trek. Two thousand and nine was written by Orky and Kurtzman, but I know that Orky and Kurtzman were far more involved in Into Darkness, right? And I, that did have an effect on it. Damon Lindelof as well got added in. Now I think that. And what year was it? Uh twenty thirteen. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so yeah, but something happened here, right? This this film, I don't know. Th- like this preamble is hard. <laughs> that's how I don't we're know how. 60, we're nearly longer than the Bond ones Is uh, a yeah. lot getting cut here well I, I don't know how to quantify this film all I know is that it, it it is
0: fucking risable and I hate it is there anything you like about the film isn't there a kind of decent action scene at the start I don't remember a red fields or something and Look, like even that is stupid, right?
1: I'm telling you, I am going. I look, I am going to write down every implausible, stupid thing in this film, right. and we're going to go through Let's it afterwards. Do trying. a
0: quick synopsis of the plot. Take away your angry perception of the film. Let's just hard. St- What's the story here? What's the setup?
1: <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Right? Okay. So um, the Enterprise is out doing missions, and then Kirk gets in trouble. And he loses command, but then he gets command again. Um and then um
0: It's one of those ones where he was in a position where he he was kind of the status quo from the end of the first film and it starts a wee bit of that, but they obviously have to manufacture a reason that he has to Yeah get you know get back into Captain's chair, Yeah, yeah. Captain's chair. so he has to lose it. And it's the sort of standard yeah. yep sequel. So we've got that. We have got that. We got yeah, you're
1: you're you're blipping the road, so to speak, you know, something's gone wrong. We have um, can? Oh, I don't know how to describe the can story.
0: Well, he's not introduced as can though until I, no. halfway through the no. Floor. I feel like we can't even mention him here because it's meant to be a uh, meant to be a reveal. <sighs> it's meant to be a big thing.
1: Okay, I'm kind of yawning. I'm yawning with with like I just that's me yawning trying to sum up the plot, not even watching it, right? <laughs> Look at how bad that is. So, what was that? What, I don't know, it was just the, the computer was making some sort of decision about something by itself. It's probably bored
0: as well. Yeah, the computer was trying to turn itself off <laughs> to get away. It's like, no, no! I feel like we're doing a disservice to this film. Maybe it's not as bad. No! Is, no. It, is it worse than Insurrection? Like I came out, yes it is. It's, it's,
1: it's at least Insurrection was consistent to the Star Trek universe, okay? But, you know, and that gave you migraines and stuff. This shits on the best of Star Trek. That's what this does. It pulls its pants down and Star Trek is lying on the ground with its mouth open forced open and this is shitting in its fucking mouth I'm telling you now that is a horrible vision but that's the truth right at least you're not getting animated about this yeah I'm not going to demonstrate that but look imagine you took Star Trek to outside and shot it in the face right that's that yeah and then like reanimated the, the brutalised corpse and like like strung it along like a puppet how horrified everybody would be okay That's what this is. It's the desecrated corpse of Star Trek 2.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to watching it. Let's go and put some food on and watch this film. I think we've set it up as best (laughs) we can. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, insult
1: layered upon insult here.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. We'll be back for a spoilerific review of Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh wait wait wait! Um, when I went to see it the first time, I
1: came. Out, I went with my friend Adam and his girlfriend. And I love mentioning him in every single podcast. He yeah. oh, may be listening at some point. Hi Adam, I'm highly doubt you're doing me. all right. Anyway, no, I think he might be. I um, hope you're a good, man. Um, anyway, I came out. I was in a mood, a bad mood. We went like I can't remember. We did something afterwards, but like I just sat there. I was in a quiet bad mood. Right, I didn't expect to laugh at the movie in the cinema when I was watching it, like laugh with horror, right? There was people laughing at the film that were in there, they were going to see it and they were like, oh, what's this all about, right? I was like, I, I don't often get like that, but I felt I felt like, I I was really felt, I felt wronged. <laughs> Personally insulted when I came out of seeing it.
0: Are you an example of the toxic fan base that people talk about? Probably. They like, feel, you know- they've got a kind of self entitled or self-righteous about the certain thing that but they yeah, own it. whatever the current flavour
1: of the week is whether it's lens flares whether it's recasting people of colour to not people of colour or the reverse which now is in vogue okay whatever it happens to be that they want to do they're going to blame someone who doesn't like it right blame the victim that's what they're doing they're blaming the victim they're blaming the people who don't like it I'm not saying them I'm just saying no sounds... the makers of the films like that's what they do these days like Ryan Johnson and, and for oh, let's example. not
0: get into that like, no it's the, doing... but he's gone on like
1: becoming the the, but the idea of people not liking something isn't always bad do you know what I mean like you can my god what's the name of the people who look at films they're called critics for a reason they're supposed to have critical thinking thinking skills you know nobody's ever gonna like everything it's not often you hate something but see when a Star Trek fan like me hates a Star Trek film there is a fucking problem alright I think we'll leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was almost like um, I will fight them on the beaches speech or something you know <laughs>
0: Well, let's go and watch Star Trek Into Darkness. That was the
1: longest preamble
0: ever. And we are back from watching Star Trek Into Darkness. (sighs) (laughs) Fran, what was your thoughts on that? Well... You know, like I've I've said this before,
1: but every shit movie has a couple of good scenes in it, and I did point them out to you when we were watching it. I like this, I like that, I like this idea, but it was almost like every time something good happened, it was immediately destroyed or ruined. You know the the anyway, let's go through it, right? Yeah, Let, let's take let's do the plot first.
0: Let's just we're going to cover this very quickly by saying we didn't really enjoy the film as we expected. This is no surprise. Issues across the board, and we'll go into it. Yep. We'll try and cover the things we liked, of course. Um, But yeah, overall, not a great film. And one of the weakest so far in the series. Right, let's tackle the plot.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Fran? Okay, so...
1: I think the best plan here is to go through it, and, and I'll point out the bits that, I, as a Star Trek fan, I just thought were completely implausible, and we can talk about them, I guess. Like, that's... I was struggling with ways to efficiently deal with it because there's so many things to talk about. So, um, the movie starts with um, the Enterprise crew... Well, Kirk and McCoy are on a planet, a primitive planet, that's got a giant volcano on it that's going to explode and destroy the planet. Problem number one. Okay? Now, I get the idea of super volcanoes and things like that, but I really think it's kind of implausible. Like... I th- couldn't they have had some other thing like a moon that was moving towards a planet or an asteroid was going to hit or something, right? But it just seemed daft, okay, first of all.
0: It's daft in a series of... Uh, in, in, in a franchise that has kind of one of its staples as an element of science science behind it. That's not Star Wars, the fantasy element of stuff. This is, I mean, this is the problem with this film. You're going to the sort of... This common theme that will probably come up in our cri- in our critical analysis of this film is that it's hyper-realized action mm-hmm. film, blockbustery, all those kind of terms, but dumb. It's dumbed down for a mass audience, but not enjoyable for anyone who follows the Star Trek films. Yeah um at least those people if not more or right. well anyone with critical thinking skills <laughs> yes yeah there's to lots of issues yep yeah. so yeah so that's going to be the common theme that will come through in this so yeah that, that, that's that, that's the first plot and from the first 5 minutes <laughs> yep for the first seconds um also um
1: in order to hide the enterprise from the primitive people living on the planet primitive people living in huts without telescopes clearly because i'm sure they wouldn't have invented lenses yet um, the Enterprise crew decided that it would be better to hide the ship under the sea next to the island that people were living on rather than leave it in space. Okay? Uh, if it was in space, the Enterprise would have looked like any of the other stars in space. The, the The primitive people wouldn't have noticed it was there, but it had to be underwater. Why? Because, as we'll find out as we go through this critique, the writers put their stupid ideas ahead of any common sense or plot. You know what I mean? Like what they what they th- thought thought was. I can imagine them having the chat. Um, uh, David uh, says uh, Roberto Orkey David Lindelof Well, he's not going to say his, whatever his name is, right? David. we are writing in this scene is as bad as theirs. Yeah, well, actually, you no, know, it's better, which is saying something because it's shit. But basically like, he's like, yeah, wouldn't it be cool if the Enterprise was, was underwater? The Enterprise was underwater, right? And uh, David's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, let's make it happen, right? And that's how it happened, right? Because it was cool, apparently, okay? Now, it made no sense at all. Nobody, I challenge you listeners, if we have any, and anyone else in the world, and actually Roberto Orke, David... And uh, who was the other one? Alex Kurtzman. Mm. I challenge all of you guys, if you hear this, come back to me on these points. Explain to me, please, what you were thinking, right? Nobody on Earth is going to think that that's a good idea. Okay? Nobody. There's nobody. Nobody in the whole world. Okay? So anyway, Spock is going to stop the volcano from exploding with what Kurt calls a giant ice cube or a super ice cube, which apparently is a cold fusion device, but I just, I don't buy it. I don't buy the fact you can have a wee box and you can press a button on it and it freezes a volcano. I mean, it just, it's just utterly, utterly, completely stinks of just, almost like Deus Ex Machina. It's like, just throw something in there that will just do the job for the scene. No explanation needed at all. I mean... They move on so fast that they
0: uh they can get away with it. Yeah. (laughs) I feel yeah
1: anyway I mean there's some drama Spock might get trapped in the volcano Kirk flies the ship out of the ocean in front of all the people which again is why it was idea to put it in the fucking sea in the first place I wouldn't have wondered why the ocean was going nuts or something like even if they were asleep in their huts flies the ship over the people and then beams Spock out of the volcano and saves them right but then he's fired from being the captain of the enterprise by Admiral um, Pike who was Captain Pike in the last film because he broke the prime directive which is to safeguard primitive cultures from being exposed to technolo- technological advancements beyond them right, because it could spook the culture if they saw this stuff so, concurrent with this <laughs> ok so right. So we've already had just non- nonsense basically right Um, it was good that, I mean there was a quite good scene where Pike dresses down Kirk I think we both quite like that yeah, yeah Uh, Because it made sense that, you know, I think my comment was if the opening scene had been more plausible, then that dressing down scene with Kirk would have had more power. That Starfleet does have rules and that you can't just break them willy nilly to save your friends. Do you know what I mean? What what do you think of that?
0: Yeah, I agree. And we kind of felt that, well, we completely agreed with Pike on that. Um, Yeah. And I think the audience is supposed to. Yeah, it's hard to tell with the film, though, that's the thing. I feel like its intent isn't always clear. Well, we also had Kirk being racist uh, towards Spock by calling uh,
1: calling him pointy. Yeah. Now, my comment was, um, imagine Spock was black. Well, let's not go We're not out. going to say it, but, you know, if Kirk made a, a disparaging comment about a black person's appearance, it would have been really terrible, but apparently it's okay to do that to a Vulcan. I would disagree with that. I don't mm-hmm. think it's right. I think what it's saying is that um, ra- teasing someone over their literal race is okay.
0: This just comes back to reaffirm my position that Kirk and this version of the, the series is, is a bit... And ar- he's just arrogant, and I can't relate to him at all. But I'm a just, prick, yeah, creepy just, with women as well. yeah hey
1: ladies, all the time. And-
0: well, he's like, he's seen as uh, my comment was that he's like a grown-up version of Bart Simpson. He's kind of just <laughs> yeah. sleeping around, doesn't remember anyone's name. You know, he's the kind of guy that he's the the jock type. He's just I find him I find him really irritating, insufferable. <laughs> Maybe the word yes, insufferable. That's a good word to describe him. And so yeah, but he's our hero. You know, got to care about him. Yep.
1: Anyway, so, um, concurrent with all of this, um, there is a a guy um, and his wife living in London who work for Starfleet. And they have a daughter who's very sick. And there's a really good scene where we get just introduced to this guy waking up, you know, his alarm going off and there's some nice piano music playing and it takes you through London and they're going to visit their sick daughter in the hospital. There's not really any dialogue, but it's very, very effective. You get to see a sort of future Britain... Um, there's British flags up old buildings like scenes of London with like um, uh, what was the cathedral again?
0: St Paul's
1: Uh Aha St Paul's Cathedral kind of in the shard kind of surrounded by futuristic stuff and it's quite nice and then um, the mysterious John Harrison appears the the villain of the piece comes up to the father of the sick child outside the hospital that she's in and says I can help her right almost like I almost kind of imagined it as being like it was almost like Terminator or something you know I'll be back. I know yeah. it's hard to trust them, is it? Yeah, yeah. And he just says, "Who are you?" You know, to to this guy. So anyway, I, I kind of joked that, like, he was like, um, you know, I, I don't know because I kind of joked on the idea that can had been recast as a white person in that scene. Like, it was just, it was just like when he says, "Who are you?" I was saying, whitewashing racism, you know, personified. You know, we're having a bit of a laugh about that because it did it it that is a villainous thing, a concept, actually. The idea of racism as a villain is quite interesting if you think about it. But anyway so um, uh, uh, John Harrison uh, also known as Can um, convinces uh Catchy nickname. Yeah, yeah. Can do attitude. Um, convinces the father to blow up uh, his Starfleet base that he works in. Um, we also get treated to a nice little scene of Can slash John Harrison in his evil scientist's lair coming up with his special mixture or whatever blood
0: or whatever he's using all very cliche uh huh yeah mad scientist uh huh yeah exactly didn't you think it was quite funny it, it wasn't intentional,
1: but yes I mean it only took him five minutes to make the potion do you know what I mean I think it was his blood or something but anyway the girl's cured and the daddy boy blows up the Starfleet base and there's, there's actually another good scene there where there's an explosion in the centre of London and you hear screams and it's all quite
0: dramatic isn't it Steve yeah that scene. This is the thing that those action scenes are, are kind of cool. Some uh-huh. like they they're meant to be cool, and they are. Some of them are pulled off really well. The shots are at times great. In between all the lens flare nonsense, um, and that that scene in particular, the way the, the the light, the red light appeared in the meeting room behind them, and then it kind of when it introduced the sort of that stealth ship he was using uh-huh. um, and it shot the place to pieces and it was all yeah it was all staged very well and yeah some some good stuff there so this film that's you know that's one of the positives of this film yeah um that's the thing i mean it's almost like 90 percent bad scenes with 10
1: percent good bits kind of mixed into it somewhere like you'd have to watch the whole film to catch them but yeah we're getting towards the bit where, the, where he, he shoots up the meeting basically but um Uh, Admiral Pike is given command of the Enterprise again he puts Kirk as his first officer Spock gets transferred to another ship but they all they they basically attend an emergency meeting because of the terrorist attack in London and this is where um, Admiral Marcus is introduced by played by Paul Weller uh, also known as Robocop was probably his most famous role um, is it Paul or Peter Weller? Oh, it's Peter Weller. Peter. Why am I saying Paul, Paul, Paul the Weller? the singer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: Paul Weller. I imagine he was playing him. I'm a yeah. changing man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like can coincidentally enough changed everything about him. Changed. That's his theme song. You know, his entire <laughs>
0: background.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that's the, the music fun. he had on as he was you shooting up what? the meat. There's got to
0: be a YouTube version of that. Yeah,
1: that'd be quite funny actually. Yeah. But um, so so. Peter Weller, um uh, who plays the role quite well, he's quite dismissive and intimidating and you know, he, he's sort I of love his voice. Yeah, but there's a bit where like Kirk's looking at something about Khan on the one of the data pads and and uh Admiral Marcus notices and says, Look, you know, uh have you got something to say and Kirk's like, No, no, whatever and he's like, you know, Speak up, son, don't be shy, you know, and tomorrow's too late and just like Kinda of really intim like you can tell that he is the boss man, he's the most senior officer on Starfleet and he's got there for a reason. He's killer instinct kind of guy. So anyway, Khan shows up in this stolen thing and shoots everyone and kills Admiral Pike and blah blah blah, right? Anyway, alright scene, Kirk like blows up or throws a gun into the exhaust port of Can's stealth ship and then can beams away. Number three, I think, crazy thing here. Okay. What was number two again? Okay. Um. So, number two... So, we had number one, which was... Um, the volcano thing. The volcano. We had number two, which was the Enterprise being under the water. Oh, right, okay. We also had... Um, actually, there was a number three, which was Spock's ice cube thing. Um. And now number four is that um, it's now possible for humans to beam across the galaxy instantaneously okay mm. so um, can beams out of the ship to the Klingon homeworld okay rendering all fleets of starships just defunct at this point there's no point in having a fleet there's no point in st- starships are slow man they're the snail mail of the galaxy right because we get email we've got text we have instantaneous beaming from earth to the Klingon empire right let's just think about that for a second right Let's just, let's just let that sink in. So they've thrown an ice cube at us that can freeze a volcano and now they've thrown beaming across the galaxy instantaneously, okay? So, um, because Admiral Pike has been uh, shot to death um, from a giant ship uh, through a window, Kirk's now the captain of the Enterprise again. The second time he's gained command after Pike suffered an unfortunate event,
0: the first time he was tortured and then a wheelchair the second time, he's been killed. I think there's a black comedy in there where where Kirk just keeps on manipulating situations yeah. to get control of the, the the enterprise from Pike. Yeah, he hired Khan. Yeah, it's like, really Yeah, really over elaborate scenarios. Yeah,
1: yeah, he wanted command no matter what the cost. Um, so Admiral Marcus is like, right, okay, uh, here's what we'll do. We're gonna give Kirk command. Well. Kirk's got commander the press. We're going to give Kirk the mission to go and kill Khan because Khan killed Kirk's mentor, basically. He's saw like, oh, good things in you, son? Or whatever, like, you know, whatever. He's ju- Maybe he just thinks that Kirk is easy to manipulate. Because he is. Because he's a fucking idiot in this film. You Speak right? your mind, son. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he says to Kirk, yeah, I'll let you do it as long as you take these 72 special secret weapon torpedoes with you. Okay. Yeah. Kirk's like, yeah, 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 I'm sure, whatever. So, um, blah, 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 uh... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, Scotty quits because he doesn't want to fire the torpedoes because they might muck up the warp drive, and it does happen. And there's a blonde woman called Carol Wallace who joins the crew, uh, who's lying about her identity. She's actually Admiral Marcus's daughter. By the way, guys, if you're starting to find this hard to follow, imagine what it's like watching the film, right? So um,
0: we don't. We didn't. Did we work out why she did that? Why she? I don't think there was intended to was her dad not wanting her to be on the ship or something. Was that the purpose?
1: I don't know. See if I'm actually here again. <laughs>
0: God, like the thing
1: is, like I don't know. I'm not sure. There was so... I there must have been some tenuous reason given in the movie, but it was nothing important. It wasn't like she had to be there for any specific reason, was it? I and mean, what was she there
0: for? Oh, well, she was there for that <laughs> titillating scene where she, she is took undressing. all her clothes off. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Welcome back to the 1990s, y'all. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous,
1: right? Okay, so, somehow it takes 30 seconds to get from from uh, Earth to Kronos by warp, which means that the transport beaming is only a minor advantage, I suppose, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because, you know, um, well, I suppose instantaneous travel's better than 30 seconds, but, you know, not by much, eh? But, anyway, um... Long story short, they find Khan. Well, they see some Klingons. There's another good scene where they they go down to the planet and they have a meeting with some Klingons who want to fight with them, and there's a big fight. That happens. section was pretty yeah. cool.
0: but you a bit got tension and yeah. atmosphere.
1: And Khan was there, but masked.
0: Yeah, he was and,
1: mysterious, but he was fucking badass as well.
0: Yeah, the film turned into a bit of a comic book film from then on, and that was his first sign of it. I would say. Yeah, um, but oh, it was enjoyable for that. Uh-huh. That was that was actually quite quite cool. The, the, the scene was well lit, well uh, the atmospheric. The, the Klingons were kind of menacing. Uh-huh. Um, they looked alien, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, and this is the first time we've seen the Klingons in this version of these films. In this reboot, pretty faithful. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. They look kind of like Klingon-esque. That you could hear their. Their chatter over the the sort of the com link, which is quite cool, mm-hmm. um, and their language and stuff like that, and I like that about it. I actually, you made the comment, and I kind of agree with you. It Would be interesting just if this was a a film with the Klingons as the as the villain, as the uh-huh. enemy. Yeah, we get the can stuff. Just you know, have a Klingon war in the second yeah. film. It would that would still make a good action flick. But mm-hmm. Klingons are just a synon- are more. I would say even. More integral to the Star Trek lore, but you don't ruin the canon if you uh, you, mm-hmm. you can do it without ruining the canon. Create a new Klingon character or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was unfortunately a, a short sequence, but quite a cool action martial arts kung fu feeling, you know, mm-hmm. it was like which was, uh, you know freshing things up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, I I don't know. I mean, I see
1: if. That whole sequence had happened with Can masked with his giant minigun leap. Because he did, didn't he? And he was, like... It sounds crazy to say a giant minigun, but, like, I mean, he was literally, like... He was holding two weapons, shooting Klingon ships out of the sky, take like, hand-to-hand it combat. Like, it was Gears of War. I mean, he was jumping through the air. But the thing is, that is legitimately what Can can do. He is capable of I that. I don't remember seeing a minigun in... And- the Wrath of Khan. No, but that was a ship-to-ship battle. But the original series episode, he was, you know, can can bend steel, he can break through walls. I mean, this guy is a, is literally a Superman, right? Now, see if he'd pulled his mask off and been a, um a character of colour, or an actor of colour, who spoke the right way. Brilliant. Also, um, I like to believe I suppose in my mind that it's not really Khan it's another one of the frozen people that's been woken up and he's either pretending to be Khan or using his name but do you know what? Kurtzman Orkey and Lindelof it would have been just as easy for you to have Admiral Marcus wake up one of the other frozen people like Khan's right hand man named John Harrison and have him be the bad guy because all of those people were just as twisted and crazy as each other okay? They were all just as powerful and they were all just as mad okay? You didn't have to do this stupid thing, right? Where you recast someone so
0: badly, okay? The sad thing is that Benedict did it the com- re- They didn't need can the character, they just uh-huh. jettisoned... The, the, I, I like Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch was good just, in the role. He just
1: didn't need to be can. No, exactly. If it. he... Let's imagine Cumberbatch was playing John Harrison in this film. Yes. 10 out of fucking 10 for That's, menacing yeah. Superman guy.
0: Yeah, it it would have justified a lot of it yeah. in... in uh, obviously, you would jettison the end. Probably get to yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. with with that change and fixing the end, this could have been okay, right? Yeah. It Could have been. Still it, it could had have lots been of issues with yeah. lens flare and all the. God, sort of I know. I hate nonsense. It. The sort of yeah plot <laughs> points that didn't make sense, but
1: yeah. Aight, so moving so, on. Yeah. So so basically. Um, uh Khan finds out that they've got seventy-two torpedoes and he goes, Oh, that's actually the seventy-two people like the other frozen folk, because there were seventy-two of them. He figures it out because he knows that he put them inside torpedoes to try and help them escape. This is all just so convoluted, right? But I just want to make it simple for you, okay? So basically, Khan surrenders, gets brought on the Enterprise, Admiral Marcus finds out. Um in between, Scotty's in a nightclub, um, because he's quit <laughs> and he's in a pure 70s shirt and all that. And uh, Kirk contacts him because Can has told him that there's a secret base right beside Earth. Right, which again, we'll add that is that number five crazy thing. Uh, four, five,
0: right. or fifteen—I can't right. remember. Right. There's
1: loads of them, right? There's loads of them. Watch the film yourself, and you, you'll figure it out. Have a drink every time something you don't understand happens. Good you'll God, be pissed. Do, not do that. You will be. You'll have your stomach pumped. You will die of alcohol poisoning. Or rate. the lens flare game. Yeah, exactly. But honestly, like, you will be so drunk that you will be hallucinating lens flares yourself. Okay, and in, in real life, you'll think you're a camera that has a light being shone into it. Anyway. Um, so Scotty gets sent to look at this base and finds this gigantic ship there and, 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 and whatever anyway Admiral Marcus turns up in this giant ship the very friendly named USS Vengeance very Starfleet name there Steve wouldn't you agree yeah yeah <laughs> um, So, um,
0: it's not, you know, they may as well just went the USS
1: betrayal. Yeah, uh huh, yeah. Or like USS execution, you know? (laughs) But like murder, USS murder. (laughs) USS death. Anyway, so, Khan is in sickbay for some reason. Right, this is the most contrived shit ever, okay? Right, right. Can it... (laughs) They're
0: slowly losing it.
1: But Yeah, but here's the thing. This is contrived as fuck, right? Here's what happens. This is the sequence of events. This is bad writing 101. Let me teach you how to to write badly, okay? This is how you write badly, right? Can is in the holding cells, which is where you put criminals. Uh, When Admiral Marcus shows up, Kirk inexplicably moves Can to sickbay. With six
0: guards, okay. Why do you think he chose sick bay, Steve? Hmm. Let me think. Let me think. There's uh, no reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, other than the scene with the uh... no, but, but 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 in story. All oh, right. Yeah. It is just a random choice, right? Oh,
1: right okay. Why would he? Why would he think sick bay was the best place for Can? Was he ill? No. Hmm. So he sends him to sick bay. Are not want to do tests on him? I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. I. I. Why they didn't explain it very well, well they Maybe said something why. about they said something about trying to figure out how, they, they were trying to figure out how he was doing what he was doing but he'd already fucking explained it he told them he was called Can he told them about what he was so he explained himself so there was no need to do the tests and certainly not in the middle of a war situation okay anyway so they send him to sickbay he's sitting in sickbay with the best fucking posture in the world isn't he remember that scene where he's sitting there he's like bolt upright all the time yeah right Apparently, being a genetically modified human means you have the you just are you have been trained by yoga he's, professionals. He's the perfect
0: man, isn't it? Yeah,
1: uh-huh. yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it just you know, ask Sherlock fans. Anyway, His hair looks better than usual. Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah, it's been genetically modified to be <laughs> yeah. grease-free. So, um, McCoy uh, takes a bit of can's blood and injects it into a dead triple in sick bay. Why? We don't know. We don't know.
0: I'm sure have no okay.
1: significance. So we have a contrived situation here. We have a situation where he was sent to me- to sick pay for no reason, and McCoy just does a random stupid test. Okay, this contrived situation is going to be crucial to something later on in the film. Okay, it's it's it is trash. Yeah, okay, it is, it is kind of. utter uh, bilge. Right, that this is like look. This is a private one, joke between me and Steve, basically, right? Well it's going to be public. But well, it's not like it's not terrible or anything. It's just something we get, right? But Steve, see, if I had written this as a short story and took it to Mister Collins in sixth year, he would have he would have red penned it, wouldn't he? He would have been like, "What is this?" He would he would
0: have right? the words "why" would just be written uh-huh. every single line. Why? Why exactly? Yeah.
1: Why? Why? And then at the end, a sarcastic "oh." That's why, right? <laughs> but that's the, that's the thing, right? So, lots of destruction ensues. Scotty murders someone. Scotty watches people die. Doesn't care.
0: Let's, let's elaborate on Check Scottish... It, we just can't casually mention well, he, that Scotty... He has to someone.
1: open an airlock to let Canon Kirk in... And there's a guy standing. He could hold on to the guy because he's attached to the console uh, by a rope.
0: This man is questioning Scotty, uh-huh. but not in a really incredibly forceful way. He does have uh-huh. him at gunpoint, as far as I'm aware. As a guard would. Yeah. But Scotty but, just presses uh, the button. Scotty just says, Sorry! And then uh-huh. opens, <laughs> opens the door and lets the guy fly out to his doom into space. And then? With not any moment of, Oh God, what well, I have just murdered a man. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem to care, and like
1: he he watches. Scotty's very resilient in this film. So he's murdered someone in cold blood. Then he's watched can split someone's skull open right in front of him and break someone's
0: arm. And then he's seen people fall to their deaths right beside him, and he's just cracking jokes and just getting on with it. Yeah, it's a, he's he's a car, he's a cartoon character in an almost cartoon like film. Yeah, it's just it it's tonally all over the place because they try and then have him do these sort of serious. The tonal shifts when he's kind of like he was there at the scene when we'll get to the end, but the emotional scene at the end, and yeah, it's all very grave and stuff, but you know, it's hard to take him seriously in the film at that point. It is, it's totally, I mean, it's, it's,
1: ach, I don't know, anyway. I mean, I'm I'm losing patience trying to do this,
0: yeah. Like, I, th- I think the plot, like, well, let's just summarize it, but it's kind of nonsense. There's a lot of major plot point issues that just don't make sense, and it, it it's ruinous it's not something it's the popcorn action film yes and and maybe for this mass audience they're trying to reach all of this is kind of like it's almost like the the sort of feeling is that it's meant to just go over your head a little and just be like just go along with it it's a it's a roller coaster ride it's a theme park attraction isn't it in that sort of sense that's why the film is so colorful the color palette is astonishing at times beautiful uh-huh. Um, but you know then there's this sort of like it's it's so excited it's like a child and it's just like look at this colour look at this colour oh my god look at this colour oh the bright lights the bright lights uh-huh. and it's just it's nonsense there's this lens flare flying everywhere at you characters you know are doing things that they normally wouldn't do it just it's, it's just a bit messy it's convoluted and there's not a lot you can see there's only little moments you can see where okay that was a nice scene that was a touching moment mm-hmm I mean, few and far yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that,
1: you know, here's an example of a scene that works, right? So, Can gets onto the Vengeance and Kirk, Scotty, and Can are together and they get onto the bridge and um, take out the, the crew that are on there. And Abraham Marcus and Can, everybody's together, but it all comes about that can basically batters Kurt, breaks Carol Marcus's arm with his like stamps on it and then he like gets Abraham Marcus and like squeezes his head until it explodes, do you know what I mean? And then there's a part where he's sort of talking to Spock over the comm system and you can hear Carol Marcus crying and people groaning and stuff and like it's a horror scene, that is you know, and, and that's a good scene, that's a scene that, that another actor playing can or him play or, or John Harrison being another person, but also a sadistic, mad, genetically modified person, it would tie in with Star Trek Two, in which Khan murdered an entire station of scientists by slitting their throats and stringing them up and hanging them and things like that, right? And torturing them. Khan is not a nice person. The genetic supermen were not nice people. That's the reason they were banished from Earth. They are sadistic motherfuckers, psychopaths, serial-killing sadists, Right? They're like... Have you ever heard of The Boys, the programme about the, like, the, the, the anti-hero superheroes? So the new one? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, they're like that. They're like drunk on power. You know, they, they enjoy causing and inflicting pain, right? So there's things I can buy in this film but then it immediately veers off into like... It's like... It turns into a Marvel film at the end. Ah, uh-huh, but uh, it, unearned. Aye, it turns into a Marvel film after stealing and destroying one of the best scenes in the whole Star Trek franchise. Let's, so let's get to that. Yes,
0: I, you just took the watch. And right once, on. and, and what I have to say is, once we talked about that,
1: there ain't nothing else to talk
0: about. Aye, I think we're re- veering swiftly to the rating because let's face it, we're we're more or less doing that just now. But let's talk about that ending. So essentially, the end of Star Trek Two was a pivotal moment in that franchise, the death of a major character, Spock, sacrificing himself um because of a situation put on him by Khan. And there's a moment earlier in the film is one of his is it earlier? When Kirk screams that famous line Uh uh-huh. Can...
1: legitimately
0: as well. Yeah. You know, and that has been, you know, kind of copied like a pastiche almost now uh-huh. um, it's homaged in so much media it's famous then. yeah it's a famous line one of the it's probably one of the most famous Star Trek lines ever isn't there? It? it must yeah. be other than the obvious beam me up or I don't know whatever yeah Um. damn it Jim, and all that kind of stuff but so anyways big scene and the, the Enterprise has fallen to the earth it's out
1: of power yeah it's been damaged Um. the warp core's screwed and similar to Star Trek 2, where they work... Basically, in Star Trek 2, the yeah, warp let's core talk was... about Star Trek 2 first. Yeah. Can so, yeah. in Star Trek 2, Can has damaged the ship. Um, The warp core is screwed. Uh, the ship canson on is about to has detonate with a bomb that's go- going to destroy the Enterprise and anything within a certain range. So the Enterprise needs the warp drive. Spock realizes this and quietly goes down to the warp core into the radiation room and fixes it. And then he dies. And Kirk's upset.
0: And they have Kirk. a touching
1: scene uh-huh. together. Because they've had fifteen years of friendship. Yeah. And this is something really, really sad. Yeah. Okay. And and it's been referenced that the Kirk, you know, and Spock are deep, close friends. I have been and will always be your friend is something that's been said already in the film. It's built up to it's
0: earned. We've known these guys. The fans who and went to see that film knew them for years. And the film ends with Spock dead uh-huh. he doesn't get resurrected until the third film The Search for Spock which wasn't even a certainty at that point yes yeah, so it was obviously even the director of the film was unhappy with that decision yeah. anyways cut to how many years later Star Trek Into Darkness yep and a clever so called um, twist on that they've used that storyline and they kind of inverted it a little. I mean the implausibility of this, okay? Let's talk to a quantum not quantum.
1: Let's talk to a physicist. Okay, I'm gonna say quantum physicist. That would be interesting. But you know, or someone about time travel, right? And if you were to travel back in time and change the past, right? Would you expect similar events to play out like this? If it's a bit the statistical odds of this must be just astronomical probably a number so big that you can even say
0: it that's, right yeah i mean that's that is ridiculous but the main thing for a show is me is just tact and lack of subtlety um oh god the yeah the film just really didn't it, it kind of i think the words i was reading from Nicholas Mayer who apparently was disappointed with the scene and um, the director of, of the wrath of Can if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. um he was his words, just a paraphrase. it, He was essentially saying, "If you're going to homage something, especially as significant as that, you have to take it and add something to it. You have to be able to develop it and and make it its own. You you do it its own thing." And they didn't. They just turned it around a bit. Made characters say lines that other characters had said, as if you know that was enough of a change, but it wasn't. And yep. as well as that. This wasn't earned, as you said. You rightly said, this is a film that's the second film in. We haven't seen these characters the way that we saw the relationship build in a, over a television series, plus the, the films. So yeah. we know there's about 15 years. How many years they were? Obviously, at, at their ages as well, at the Wrath of Candy. They were, were in middle age? Middle 30s, 40s, whatever age they were.
1: They no, were getting towards um, 50.
0: Right, so, yeah. This is what Chris Pine looking about 15. Um... <sighs> It's just. And they hated each other in the last movie. It wasn't earned. It was an insult. It was
1: just. And then we have Spock scream the can line out of nowhere. Okay? It just boggles my mind what they were thinking,
0: right? And not only that, does he turn into some Indiana Jones like action hero? Yeah! Exactly, but here's the thing, remember this is, I was telling you this downstairs, when I went to see Nat
1: in the cinema the first time, everyone laughed when when uh, Spock did that, and all looked at each other as if, did you just see that? It's Ridiculous, totally ridiculous, right? Then as you say, turns into a superhero he was running around, Ahura saying, go get him, you know, go get Khan running through, uh, not London, is it San Francisco or somewhere? Like, whatever it was that was the city that... I haven't even talked about what happened with the ship flying into the city. Watch the film yourself, okay? Um, but they're running about their big fight with Cannes. Oh, and we're about to find out why. The trouble was so important, okay? So, Mr Collins' Oh Now We Know Why is about to come into play. Um, it turns out that Cannes' blood can bring back to life because McCoy has got Kirk's body in sick bait and he turns around and the Tribbles come back to life and he goes oh, get Kirk into a cryo tube, right? And and, and let Spock know not to kill Cags, we need his blood, so Hura beams down and they get can back on the ship and Kirk is brought back to life after being dead for probably about half an hour. Okay? Cheap trash. Okay? um, And the rest of the film is pointless at this point. We had we did actually have a bit at the end that felt like Star Trek again, where they were getting ready to go out on a mission, and there was some old music, classic music on. Yeah. We had Carol Marcus joining the ship, who wanted to be part of the family, and then she'd gone in the next film, um, <laughs> but just disappears. You know, it's nice to have a family, she says, and then you know she's been dumped.
0: It's like when the the Bond girl, you know, you know, then you think, you know, naively, when I was younger, I would think, oh, I can't wait to see that Bond girl in the next one, and Bond has moved on, of course. <laughs> Women are disposable according yeah. to, uh, to so Hollywood. Apparently in in twenty thirteen that is still the thing. Yeah. Um yeah, this let's let's face it, we're now that that little last minute was great when it had the music kicking in and it felt like And we was, knew it was gonna end. Was, yeah, true, that was the first moment we felt like it was a Star Trek film. Um yeah. The and the music, Michael Giacchino's score, I, it was fine. There was points you, you could recommend. You said that it sounded like a Star Wars. Yeah, there was a couple
1: of bits that were evocative of like *Empire Strikes Back*. I loved the can theme. Yeah. The, this film is is painful because basically, like, see if you were to take away the lens flare, the uh, pastiche of because it is a pastiche of the scene from *Star Trek* too. I do one of two things, which would be recast can as would, as would... as whatever or change the character to fit but cumberbatch um so that it's not you know it's make it like can's right hand man or something like that off of the the ship rather than can himself um not of the enterprise under not of a stupid ice cube in a volcano Do you know what i mean if you take these things out so if you take
0: away the start scene of the film probably most of the middle section and again most of the end you'd probably have quite a good film <laughs> yeah yeah um, and it would be over very
1: very quickly but really though there are probably other scenes like the scene where um, uh, Can is crying in the um, the holding cell if that had been maybe his right hand man saying you know, out of devotion for Can and the people and saying, like, you know, he couldn't stand that they were going to be killed and all this, fine, F- absolutely fine, I-, I have no problem with that at all, but don't sell me shit, right, you know, it's like, selling, sa- there's the, the, the old joke, you know, Salesmen, I could sell sand to Arabs or something, like, you know, they don't need it, they've got plenty of it, we've got enough bullshit in our lives without going to see it and paying for the pleasure, right, we don't understand what the hell's going on in the real world, that's why we go to the cinema, because at least we, we we have a plot we can follow, but not in this case. I'm sad that I paid for it. Mm. I'm angry that I did. I've yeah. been angry for six years.
0: <laughs> okay, I think we're done with the general commentary. I think we can swiftly move on to our rating of the film. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. I've been waiting a long time for this moment. I'm going to go first on this one.
1: Oh, great.
0: All right, okay. For me, this film... Is a two star film. Surprised by that? Two stars because it is not a recommendation film at all. There's not many people I would say you need to watch this film. So it could, three three stars can usually you can sort of you can. There's some people you could say yes you should watch this film. This film isn't. I don't feel this film has enough going for it. the, the points where it's not a one star film for me are because there are moments where visually it can look good. There are the odd scene that the Klingon scene we were, we we spoke about earlier was decent, and I liked some of the some of the character beats. The earlier scene with Pike and and Kirk was was a relatively strong scene. So yeah, and and some of the music as well. It wasn't amazing, but it was you know fine. Mm-hmm. So those those elements bring it up just to, to it's actually quite a low two if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. um But it is a two-star film for me. I could never give it a three-star film. When I first caught this film, I think in my head, I'd sort of thought of it as a three-star film because I didn't know much about the canon of Star Trek. Didn't know. And that's the thing. I think the film was made for people like me, non-Star Trek fans. People who didn't know canon, didn't know the history of the characters, just went to see a Marvel film or a James Bond film. And that is essential. I got a Marvel slash James Bond slash Star Wars film. With Star Trek character names set in space, mm-hmm. that is what this film is. And if you don't know that stuff, this film is actually okay. But now I do, and it's kind of egregious. So, yeah, two stars for me.
1: Well, I think it's fair enough, actually, with your explanation there. Um, I'm going to go one. And the reason I'm going to go one is because, you know, I, as uh, while there are, as you say, some good scenes in there, it's not worth the punishment to get to them. There's no reason to see this. You know, it's it's the filmmaker's job to, to come up with something good and something that's a quality product and something that's coherent and makes sense. Their job is to write, okay? And create and direct and all these things. It's not our job to fix their mistakes for them or to fight through their shit to get to stuff that should have been consistently good. Okay? As an audience member, it's not our job to fight through weeds and thorns to get to a flipping rose or a flower or something, right? That is not what we are there for, right? Um, I don't think that it's fair for me to say it to people that, that, that or to insinuate. I wouldn't want to insinuate to people that they could put it on and get something, that there is something worth it in there. I don't think there's enough. I think it's, if you haven't seen it, you're not missing out. And you know, I think uh, there are. Uh, it's not the only bad film in the world. Uh, you know, th- there are some nice bits to it. Sure, whatever. One star film is the kind of film that you might have on in the background, like when you're pissed. Do you know what I mean? Or
0: something like that. It would still irritate me just because of the lens flare. So, like, you well, yeah, have like, to make sure that MD, <laughs> anyone in the room doesn't have any <laughs> exactly or anything like that. So it's not even safe for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, but like, aye. Like, honor, not honor, Majesty's. What was the last Bond one? diamonds are forever
1: yeah you could watch that you you, you know you could entertaining daft right whatever this isn't the same it's not like you know
0: i think bond films can get away with some of the nonsense like that yeah it was obviously lowly reviews in our podcast which will be uploaded soon if you're a bond fan but just to summarize on that you know in comparison bond can get, get away with some of the silliness because it's already shown But can, can't. Star Trek.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I had to say that. Okay, But but that's the thing, like, you know,
0: I don't know. I don't know, I just... And Scotty, we haven't touched on him. I found him meditating this film much more than I did the first time. Yeah. I I, I don't know. down! I know, I know, I know. I don't talk like that! Yes, all the time.
1: Every single minute of the day. Well, well, listen wee man, hold on. (laughs) Yeah. We're the comedy
0: voice. We can't do anything serious. I tender my resignation immediately, Captain. It's just, it's like, okay, fine. We'll be the comedy character. And and normally I can appreciate that. But if it was by a Scottish actor, at least. Mm. Um, Let's take the piss out of ourselves, you know? I mean, you, you let every other
1: minority do it. We're a minority. There's only 5 million of us. There's hardly any of us weirdly. In fact, there's less of us
0: than there is of hardly anybody. Pretty much everyone else on the planet. We are the ultimate minority. Stop taking the piss. I do like Simon Pegg. I just didn't. Uh, I found him irritating. I didn't find it. I just. I actually am not sure if I like. The cast are fine overall. Like Zachary Quinto and things like that. I think it's mostly the material they're given. But I do find I'm not. Well, let's see what you think of them in the next one. Them.
1: Because we're going to be doing... What are we doing next?
0: Yeah, so we are doing a double bill tonight. This is going to be the end of the Captain's Log project. Hopefully um, by the end of tonight, we're going to now go and watch Star Trek Beyond, the final Star Trek film. Wow. 13th film. This was obviously film 12. We're now going to watch film 13. Yeah. And then, after doing the podcast for that film, we're going to do... Our rating podcast. It's a big day. The ranking, sorry, podcast. We're going to rank all of the films from 13 to 1. We'll we'll also probably mention our own, I think we'll compile our own top tens. And then we'll have our argument based Top, Top ten. Well, top, top th- we'll have our top 13 then. We'll oh, right. our own yeah, so it's top... not
1: like a separate thing.
0: Yeah, you have a, you're right. we'll have our own separate. We can either mention them on the podcast or we just have them separately and upload them to the website. We'll have our argument-based ranking website where we kind of argue the toss on where we think each film ranks. Website? On the Capiche website.
1: Oh, right, right. Okay.
0: You know, that website that I'm constantly uploading things to. I'm just confused after Into Darkness, I think. Yeah. My brain's been destroyed. To be fair, I haven't used the website in a while, so... Um, so, yes, we'll be doing that. And then that'll be us done. The Captain's Log Project will be over. We're yeah. starting
1: to get a bit emotional now. Yeah. Yeah. Bring a tear to my eye, as Scotty said in one of the old Star Trek films. Brought a tear to my eye. That was... um when was, when was it he said that? He said that sarcastically. Oh, yeah, it was when... um. Kirk gave his very short speech at the launch of the Enterprise B in Star Trek Generations. Kirk was just like, take us out. And sat down and everybody clapped. Scotty's like, bruh's a tear to my eye. <laughs> <laughs> Good old real Scotty. Yeah.
0: yeah. Who,
1: even though he didn't sound right, he was much better, wasn't he?
0: Let's face it, this is the problem with prequels slash reboots. They don't work. Get some imagination, Hollywood. I mean, it's a, it's a trite... I, I, even the argument I hate making because I hate being the kind of person that doesn't like anything new or anything like that, but and this is another case where I just don't it doesn't sit with me but it's not new that that is the point like see if they came up with new characters and new ideas none of us would have flipping problem alright let's let's leave it at that this is gonna go on a bit Uh, we're done with Star Trek uh, Into Darkness thank god Two stars and a one star. That's their lowest ranking uh, film in this franchise so far. Even worse than Insurrection. (laughs) I know.
1: Incredible that, isn't it? But we all knew that. We've been talking about this for nearly a year. In fact, this comment was
0: made in the intro one to this. Yeah. So it looks like we have hit the lowest point. So now we're going to hopefully hit a nicer point. One that's somewhere in the middle, I would say. Star Trek Beyond. Okay let's go on and watch the film because it's getting late Uh, so thank you Fran for joining me on this horrendous (laughs) nightmare (laughs) yeah and we'll be back shortly bye bye torture wrapped in a nightmare oh is it still on I thought that was at the end this is another test Fran you want to test your mic testing testing actually I think I should try a soft sop on this because I've recently found it so editable. you're irritating. so quiet though look at how quiet um, yours is if I'm really close up to it it's loud yeah,
1: yes that's bit. Is. yeah that's better yeah about here aha uh-huh, okay right. stick a sock on it man <laughs> Okay, I've been left with full control of the studio now, so I'm just going to say whatever I want. Um, I have to tell you that I've actually been held captive here by Stephen. I have fed bread and water once a week, um, and he basically only lets me do the podcast now and again. That's basically the only human interaction I have. And the cruelty of it is that I never get to see the audience. Um, He's actually killed Steve and Gordon. Um, they're dead now, um, and I, you know they're 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 in this room as well, and it makes it quite uncomfortable to be in here, given the fact that there's rotten corpses. Oh shit, he's coming back. Right.
0: Saying good things. Uh, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Please help me.
0: Is it still loud if I speak like this? The socks not muffling it. And I'm about the same volume. Yes, that's about right. Okay, so. Let's listen back then and test how this sounds.
1: Okay.